No Sympathy for Kings, a rich man's podcast. Again, I have two very special guests here. Um, these are uh, two dear friends of mine that uh, run their own tax professional tax prep business called Tax Solutions. And um, they were uh, previous guests on my old platform, Cigar Talk TV. So I'd like to welcome them back, but also reintroduce you to the new audience. Uh, this is Fran and Rudy Jones. Hey, welcome. Hey. hey, what's going on? <laughs> Good to see you. Always. Yeah, so you two run a tax prep business. And um, my knowledge, that's not, now that's not the only thing under your portfolio. What else you got going on? I'll let Rudy go first. Well, we do run a tax prep business, like you said. I'm also a real estate agent as well. I have my own real estate um, team and company, so I'm also doing that as well. Mm-hmm. And then I am in education for the most part, but I have my own consulting firm for education consulting, nonprofit consulting. Um, and I founded a nonprofit uh, for graduate students last year. And then we have tax solutions. First question, what inspired you to start a tax prep business? Mm, you go ahead. It's a few things. Um, we both started working at H&R Block Heck, I was thinking about it today. Ten years ago, uh, we both started working there. I was a manager. She was doing tax prep as well. Um, but, you know, we would bring our family and friends there just to just so they could work with us. But unfortunately, those taxes were just really, really high going to H&R Block. Um, that's really what it started it because we wanted to provide, you know, professional services at reasonable prices. That was like our motto. Like, we're going to provide professional services at reasonable prices because I was a manager. I knew how everything worked, you know, the POS system, software, back office, marketing, you know, um, I do have a degree in business as well. So I knew how to run a business. I had several businesses before this anyway. So I was like, you know what? I can't, I can't charge my friends 400, 500 bucks, man. And they give them a hundred dollars to throw at 400. Like, so that was the main, main reason was professional services at reasonable prices. That was the main inspiration. Yeah, I would agree. Just to piggyback off of it, um, while he was an office manager, I worked for a year as like a client service professional, and then I went into being a tax professional. So then I saw like the lack of um, customer service that people receive when they came in and get, got their taxes done. They were just like herded in as cattle, really. And they um, then they took all their money and didn't teach them anything about their finances. And I'm like, I can't do this. Like my integrity is not going to allow me to sit here and watch people get treated like that. Um, and then when tax season was over, the company doesn't talk to them anymore. So I'm just like, well, what is that? <laughs> yeah, they actually like go out of the way to not talk to you anymore. Like our our, our brick and mortars are shut down. <laughs> like whoever you worked with before, they're out of season now and they're not accessible to you. Exactly. And so like when he said it, like one, we don't want people getting charged crazy amounts of money for people who may or may not have been actually tax professionals. Somebody that like took like a little course and then they said that they could do taxes at, at, at these big, large companies all of a sudden are in, in control of people's finances. I'm like, uh, I don't know about that. So, you know, integrity and then like our faith just kind of say it, you got to do better. You have to do better. You have to present something better. Um, a lot of times people try to say, you guys are so educated. I have so much experience. Y'all should charge three times what y'all charge. 
And I'm like, no, I'm like, our faith tells us to be givers, right? We didn't go to school for all these years to hold and hoard knowledge and exploit other people. Yeah. What are like some main, I think that's important too. Let's stay with that for, the, for a minute. Like the, um, the educational component to like your approach to your business model. Like what were some of like the big gaps you were noticing, you know, when you got into this business and what uh, kind of helped shape you know, your, your approach to things and your, and your views on that. I think it was kind of what she was saying. I think it was a lack of expertise one, and there was a lack of education. Um, a lot of people just didn't have the expertise. And when I say expertise, we, 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 we learn every year about different changes in, in, in the tax code and the tax things that you can do when I say expertise. And then as far as like education, they weren't educating their clients. Like, I want to be able to educate you, pour into you, so you be able to elevate yourself to wherever you wherever you're going. It's, you know, and also like like with the tax planning, that's where it comes in with the tax planning. Like we do a lot of planning with our clients during the off season, um, just helping them like understand, hey, this is coming up. Okay, you got a kid in college, okay, you're starting a business, you're having a child, you're buying a home. That tax planning piece. It's very important, especially for our community. Like people just think you just file your taxes and that's it. Like, no, you want to try to be able to plan because you talking to me for an hour, two hours, maybe during tax season, it's not really helping you now. So you want to have somebody who's knowledgeable and who actually plan your life going forward, not just somebody who's just filing your taxes. And then people get mad. Oh, what's what, why did this happen like this? Why do I owe what where's my refund at? Because you didn't plan properly for your entire year. This is just a snapshot of your year. You didn't pay any taxes. You don't have any kids. What, I mean, what do you want me to do? Follow us next year and we'll be able to help you plan better to adjust yourself. If you have a big purchase going on or you want to go on a cruise, a vacation, whatever that is, you got to have somebody who knows how to plan your situation to to accommodate your needs. And that's what we really yeah. focus on, honestly. Yeah. I think as you get older, it just gets more complicated. You know, you start making a little more money. You know, you start... Um, accruing more assets, whether it's a home or vehicles or, you know, uh, whatever. And um, then you realize that like, okay, this is not quite as simple, you know, as it used to be. And I'm probably better, best served by dealing with people that are not only know more about the ins and outs of, or the intricacies of tax prep and tax filing, mm -hmm. but also that have like the, um, the loyal advisor, you know, um, you know, accountant, you know, pseudo financial advisor component to it as well. You know, they'll be texting Rudy like throughout the summer, like, yo, what do you think about this? Or especially with the way the government's been moving the last couple of years now with all the different changes. <laughs> let's, let's keep it a buck, man. They be, they be sticking and moving and uh, making all sorts of different like uh, amendments and changes that, you know, directly affect you know, not only the return, but, uh, you know, our future, you know, when it comes to like financial planning and everything. Just in case you're wondering this beautiful piece of apparel uh, covering my bald head, keeping me warm out there in that cold ass studio. This is a beanie made by LP brand. Very good stuff. High quality stuff. You can order it on the website. I'll uh, leave the link in the description. Back to the show. So let's talk a little bit about some of the changes that have happened in this, you know, in this COVID environment from a tax prep uh, perspective. Mm -hmm. 
Like what, what's like a make what's like a big rock there or a couple of big rocks? Well, actually I'm gonna like talk a little bit about like pre-COVID and then COVID because pre-COVID we were in a different presidential administration. And like a lot of time people don't pay attention, but tax law changed a bit under the past um, administration. And so um, mainly towards like businesses and deductions and things like that. So there were some things that were taken out in terms of itemized deductions in 2018 after um, that tax act came out. So then you hit COVID, all right? So now COVID, like a lot of people are out of work. Um, a lot of people uh, were receiving stimulus and trying to start businesses during that time. Like, you know, while it was a great, what they call it, resignation time, you know, a lot of people did start businesses throughout COVID. So going back to what I was just saying about tax laws changed, lots of deductions were excluded, and now people have started businesses. But they may or may not have the um, expert in their pocket to tell them hobby versus business, right? And so the law, and this is one big nugget I wanted to talk about, is just being able to talk about how the IRS classifies your business. Um, and so a lot of people are like, I'm happy. I started a business. And then they get smacked by the IRS with hobby income versus business deduction. So that's one thing I wanted to talk about. That's a big thing that we're seeing right now is hobby versus business. The hobby income, that's the first time I've heard that term. Uh, <laughs> can you uh, like define that, like hobby income for the uninitiated? No, you're good. Um, so like you, we all know what like a business is. Like we, we start some type of business, we have some expenses, we have some uh, income and typically people like to take a loss on their business taxes or on their taxes um, so they don't have to owe too much. Problem is the IRS has another classification called a hobby. So this might be something that you're doing that people pay you for. You may be selling something, but the IRS doesn't see it as a business. It's not legitimate. You're not making a profit. You're not, um, you're not treating it as a profitable entity. Yeah. This so, a business accounts set up, you know, right. it's income via Cash App or Venmo or whatever, you know. Correct. Correct. Um, you may not have like your documents, like your income statements and balance sheets. You may not have a business plan, you know, things like that. So, you are not classifying your business as a hobby. The IRS will. If like for I don't know, three years straight, you take a loss on your business because you're doing, I don't know, terrible tax. And it's just easier to take a loss, right? Or you have someone that may or may not be operating in your best interest doing your taxes and let three years go past where you're taking a loss. The IRS is going to be like, this is not a business. Mm -hmm. This is a hobby. Right. Now, so are, these hobbies, are they now is this with the tax ID or no? You can have a yeah. You can have a tax ID in and and be operating with the state of uh, Ohio and all of that, and they can still deem you as a hobby if you are not being profitable at some point. Okay. okay. 
And, yep. and by that rationale, you can get struck by. So you would have, you know, you're going to go file your taxes and then your business has income. Your business, as you see it, is a business. But they say, no, it's a hobby. So now you have income that you cannot use business deductions on. It's like for, like foreshadow a little bit. Like, you know, with the expertise, I see a lot of people wanting to take losses in the two years that we've been in COVID, right? And I'm like, well, you know, we're advising them like, okay, you're going to need to look profitable because they will come back. Um, it's kind of like the three and five rule. So three out of the five last years, you know, you need to look profitable. Um, and so that's something that I'm seeing a lot of people not being mindful of. Um, so that's something I wanted to put on the radar. How how are PPP recipients being impacted, you know, uh, from, a, from a tax perspective in this new environment, especially this year uh, with 2021, with 2020 and 2021 behind us in particular, where, you know, those applications and those rules were booming, you know, almost as crazy as like the housing market was pre-2007. <laughs> like how, how are some, how are a lot of these recipients being impacted? Let's, let's, I guess we'll keep the conversation with small businesses or. Mm. Well, the first thing I'll say is that some folks took out PPPs without understanding that it is a loan. Um, and that um, there is implications if you don't have forgiveness. So there's two ends of it. You get a PPP loan and then you apply for forgiveness so that you don't have to pay back all or a portion of your loan. And so you have to understand if your you know, loans are forgiven, um, depending upon um, how you are structured legally, you have to uh, pay Uncle Sam, um, a portion of that. So that's one thing that I am seeing. Yeah, a lot of people didn't apply for the forgiveness. So now it's looking like they just got all of this money and they should have applied for the forgiveness. It's based on the size of your business, too. Um, that's the, another thing. You know, you just filling out the application. You're not, are you really putting out accurate information to the size of your business that determines what you can really do with that, with the PPP loan? That's why it's like so specific on who the person is, what kind of business, did you apply for the forgiveness? You know, how much money did you get? It's so many different factors that yeah. goes with that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So we'll, we'll move on. So just random, like how many, how many returns do you think you filed professionally? <laughs> oh. You want to go all the way back to 10 years or just like the last five, three? I'd say, um, yeah, let's, let's 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 go for broke, man. Let's go for like the last ten years, and you've been in, you've been an LLC for eight years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, we started off as um, a corp, and then we changed our structure to LLC. But go ahead. Okay. So let me go back. I'm I'm gonna come in my head. Woo. Um, it doesn't have to be precise, you know. Just ballpark. I'm just curious. I know he's done more than me. He got eyes closed. He's like really going. Um, right. Um, I would say, because it's gonna take him a little longer. Um, I want to say that I'm creeping on a thousand. Okay. Just you or the business? Just me. Okay. 
Mm, so what does that mean for Rudy? I'll probably say I'm a, a little bit over 1,500 probably for sure. Okay, cool. So a little, little over 2,500 returns since you've been established. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of tax returns, though. For two people. Like, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a lot. It's a lot. But um, we manage it well. I mean, we partner really well together. How much time do you like spend on average on one like return or one filing? I should say, not everybody gets a return. Um, it depends on the situation. If it's a returning client, uh, sometimes the time is cut down a little bit because I I know you and I know your situation a little bit more. I don't have to ask you as many questions or get as many sure. documents or I know your address. I know your kids' information. I know less discovery questions. Yeah, yeah less, less discovery. So uh, probably on average, I say forty-five minutes to an hour, um, okay. but it could go a little bit longer if you have more, you know, business and I got to ask more expenses. Um, and it also depends on your documents. You know, are you prepared with your documents? Are you fumbling around for your documents? Do you have all of your documents? That's a lot of the things. It's like uh, just dead silence on the phone or. <laughs> I forgot about this document and then I got to reset. Yeah. All right. That, okay. Yeah. So let's, while we're here, like what do people need to come prepare with before they submit a request uh, to file taxes on their behalf? I knew you were going to let me answer that one. Um, well, so much. Um, I made a, t a checklist this year that we send out to all of our clients because this is a thing, not having um, our documents ready. So there's your personal identification um, documents. So anything that, you know, has your address, your social security number, your birth date, birth date um, your correct address, not wherever you're, you know, currently staying not used to stay you know that kind of thing um so yeah so your personal contact information um documentation or and for your dependents as well um and then you need to go into your income documents so anything in any um, documentation that you made money so it's w-2 are you paid on a 1099 um you know any type of income document um that you have Anything coming in? We're talking. I know a lot of the COVID. I mean, even if you just lie laid off for a couple of weeks, you could have got unemployment. So that's 1099G. If you took money out of your retirement, which a lot of people did because the retirement market crashed. So retirement income, that's income. A lot of people have gotten Social Security. So Social Security income. Yeah. Uh, if you are married, we will need your uh, spouse's name and birthday and social. Even if you are filing separately, it still goes on there. And jointly, we still need your spouse's information. Um, capital yeah, capital gains. Capital if you have any investments, um, any any corporations you're a part of that you receive any benefits or commissions from, stocks, bonds. stocks, bonds. Yeah, a lot of people started Robin Hoods, so we got those documents. Yeah. So yeah, um, income documents, um, and then anything that you could produce that could help us with deductions and credits. So deductions and credits, um, I would typically say, do you, did you go to school? Are you a teacher? Do you own a business? Do you have a hobby? You know, we're trying to figure out like what possible deductions can we use to bring down your income? Um, so that could be uh, 1098T in terms of going to school. It could be mortgage interest. It could be school loan interest, um, any type of statements like that. 
it could be local taxes. If you paid your local taxes, that's document. They'll send you a document saying, hey, Mr. You paid your local tax bill or hey, state of Ohio, you paid your local tax bill, whatever it is, or any, yeah. any type of documents. Yeah. What are some of the changes that um, uh, filers uh, should expect for the 2021 filings? Like uh, Number one question or top two questions is probably stimulus, that third stimulus. Did I get it? Did I not get it? There's only one way you can get it if you did not get it, and that's to file your taxes. I don't care who it is. You got to file your taxes if you didn't get that third stimulus. And then the second one is like 1B is like the child tax credits because they gave out the advanced child tax credits. I didn't get all the money. Where's the rest of it at? You have to file your taxes to get the remaining of the child tax credit money. I don't care who you are. They only gave you half of the money. You have to file your taxes to get the rest of that money. Those are my top twos for this demographics that we're working in for sure. Yeah. And then with those, they're sending letters for both. They're sending a letter to let you know how much um, economic uh, stimulus payment you got and how much um, advanced child tax credit uh, you got. So like save those for your tax professionals because we don't want to um, embellish something that you already got. We don't want to have you claiming credits that, you know, they're going to come back and get you for later. Yeah. Um, some people are willingly filing, knowing that people got these credits already. Big no-no. Again, going back to what we were talking about before about like education and like professional acronym. Like vet your tax people. Like you know what I'm saying, like if they have, if they have integrity. Come on. Yeah. So, yeah. So and then the uh, outside of the two that you talked about, the sick and family leave credit. This is a big buzz. Um, so like, you know, there's, again, some professional, I don't want to call them professional, some tax preparers. <laughs> people calling it, call it the COVID credit and they just, they just blowing it all out of portion. You can get $10,000 right now. I'm just like, that's not necessarily true, man. No. Yeah. So be wary of everyone that's coming out with $10,000 refunds. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone is not entitled to every credit. But this sick leave and the family leave was put in place. So in case you caught COVID and you couldn't go to work um, and you're a self-employed individual. So there's a, a portion for if you had a job and a portion if you're self-employed. Um, so the, if you had a job, your job was still paying you if you caught COVID or had to stay home. And so they got a rebate on what they had to pay you because you weren't working. But if you're a self-employed individual, you can recoup the time that you weren't working. Um, but it's only for a specific time frame. It's only for specific uh, businesses and you, there's classifications for that. Um, and it's only for up to 10 days at the maximum of $511 a day. So okay. everyone's going to get that. Okay. So for um, people that work for companies that offer like COVID leave, is that like, uh, is there a separate document being sent to the, the employees that took that leave or is that all just folded into their, their just their regular taxable income for uh, for labor? Um, it's just like regular. Um, they okay. got paid like regular. But then, like you said, the uh, employer can apply for a tax rebate. So if Joe Schmo worked for two weeks and wasn't really working, they still got paid. That company can apply for that 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 tax break because they paid you even though they didn't get your sweat equity so they can get a tax break from it. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. So for those business owners, if you had to pay folks um, when they had COVID or they got even not, you didn't even have to have COVID. 
either you got COVID or you got your shot and you didn't feel good, or mm-hmm. you were in contact with somebody who had COVID and you had to quarantine, all these different stipulations. And then the other part of it is the family leave part, yeah. is if you're, you had to stay home because you didn't have childcare, because the childcare facility closed or for whatever reason during COVID. So there's mm-hmm. uh, a lot of buzz with those two things. Yeah, that, that explains why like a lot of, well, I don't want to say a lot, but there were definitely big companies out there that kind of held on to that COVID leave option for a bit longer than uh, I guess I guess anybody would have expected. And I know some of them are just, just now starting to sunset that at the top of the year. Like, okay, um, we've done this for two years, no more COVID leave. <laughs> so, can you tell me like, what's the most significant like contrast you've taken notice to from your first year in business versus your most recent year in business? Uh, well, one, we started off with five clients um, in our first year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had how many last year? Over close to over 200 um, last year. So just the, the exponential increase in clientele is the first thing that I would say. Yeah. I think knowledge base too, um, because we do do a lot of rigorous training over the uh, over the uh, non-tech silent years where we educate ourselves. We spend a lot of money on training. I just took a trainer for two hundred dollars. It was an eight-hour training, so we spend a lot of money on training, uh, knowing exactly what you can and cannot do with these stimuluses. Third, third stimuluses was a big topic, and a lot of the tax law changes this year is is actually almost the same as as uh, 2020. I mean, even though I know 2020 was a big, big change, but 21 is still a lot, a lot of changes too. So, um, I think those are the biggest two things: is like education, expertise, clients. Um, heck, we have a website now. Um, we didn't have a website before. We have a website. Um, we offer more products as well, advances. Uh, you can get your uh, portion of your money up front within 24, 48 hours. Um, so there's a lot of different things that we have now that we didn't have before, for sure. I think, too, just being in partnership together with the business as married couple, I think that there's a significant difference between the first year and our most recent year. I think that we have a, a more profound respect for one another in our expertise areas. Like he is the GOAT when it comes to tax taxes. Like he is amazing. Um, I am like the back office guru, like, you know what I'm saying? And like, we have like these, just a better mutual respect for each other and what we, what we do well. Uh, we've grown to really see the impact that we have. So like, again, like people like, why don't you have brick and mortar? We purposely make a choice not to be brick and mortar to keep our our costs down so that we can stay affordable. Um, You know, again, this is part of our service. This is just part of the life that we live. Like we like to walk the walk and talk the talk. Like we don't want to sit here and charge people three hundred dollars if they if if it's supposed to be fifty. You know what I'm saying? So also have a uh, a mailbox, a secure mailbox at the UPS store. So you know. I know some of our people don't like to really, you know, send pictures or scan their information. You can mail it to us. We'll pick it up, pick it up from the UPS store. It goes right into our secure box. And I know it's kind of some issues in this area with the mail. I don't know what's going on with the mail mailboxes right I now. Know, I know out there in the Heights, I know it's crazy right now. They're putting tape on mailboxes and stuff. I'm like, what right. the heck? <laughs> so it's going into a secure UPS store. We be the only person that has a key. It drops right into our box. 
and we know it's there. We pick it up. We're the only person that gets that that type of access to the to the information. So yeah, I think that infrastructure, what he just said, like we yeah. built so much more around it, but like staying true to like like what we we envision to happen. Um, also, the generations are changing. Like that's where our you know education coming into play. Understanding that everyone doesn't want to sit down and come in and have an hour long appointment to do their taxes. Like, can I send you these docs, bruh, and you like, get them done? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I never liked that. Like, the one or two times I, like, did H&R Block or whoever, like, why do I have to do this? You know, <laughs> I have to come here and sit in this lobby. You don't even give me no coffee or nothing. And it's just, like, it's real tedious and just annoying as hell. And it's, it's really unnecessary when it comes down to it. Like, all I want to do is just submit my documents. I may have a couple of questions. You may have a couple of answers. Hit me up when everything is finished so we know what we're looking at and then that's that like like you said it shouldn't take more than like 45 minutes or an hour really when you like get down to it and, it, and it's funny and it's funny you said that too like just from even that 45 minutes but like you like she said with our infrastructure like our intake process is a lot different yeah. we have a scheduling link on square you can schedule your appointment anytime you want we're not texting back on people all oh, this work that work i gotta work i got kids you schedule your appointment for when it works for you you get mm -hmm. documents when what you need and on the back end you get your tax documents confirmations invoices you know you're on our email list so it's a lot more infrastructure to it and this is actually you know you have 45 minutes just for the tax prep, but it's 15 minutes getting your documents and 15 minutes sending this out and we're creating emails and doing flyers. So I think probably like per customers, probably like over probably close to two hours that, you know, I could be dealing with you, putting your information in, collecting payment, sending your documents to you, uh, yeah. doing your appointment, you know, all the, mm -hmm. all the above. So, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. so different from our first year. We were like, picking up documents for people. Right. We were um, we were using what H&R Block software when we yeah. first started. Yeah. We were working, uh, we were going to John Carroll at the time for our master's degrees and we were mm -hmm. working in the dorms. Like we, right. it's, I mean, there is some, we have a lot to be thankful for. God has been so good um, to allow us to grow, to have scheduling links and professional software being re registered with the IRS so you know that you know your tax return is actually going to the IRS not somewhere else uh with somebody else but you know it's been good and God has been really good to us I don't even think I had a printer we was we was at the <laughs> library South Euclid Cleveland Heights library where you get them first five copies for free <laughs> doing front and back we didn't I don't yeah. think I had a printer my printer I broke I didn't have no money for no printer ink is $55 a, a hit on any type of printer yeah. right now I'm just like yeah, I was yeah. putting money on my on my thing to, to print stuff off and mail it. Like that's how it was. When I first started doing cigar talk, like I, I guess about five years ago. Or so now, like I was doing it off of my um, my Android phone in a spare bedroom at, at the old house. You know, like I had like um, uh, I had like drywall in the background. It was just me talking into the phone with my my face all up in the camera, and you know. And now, like I, obviously, I operationally it's a lot different now with uh with this platform so i always like uh it's, it's fun to like appreciate the growth and the ascension i mean it's so. growth i mean it's good to see you growing and glowing I, I said that when we first got on like it's just amazing just to see um our people doing good and i'm glad that you're giving a platform to show um 
and inspire, to be honest with you. That's what's up. Thank you. Thank you. I try. I do try. How has um, like your approach to like the customer service angle kind of like grown over the years? Because I know that's like the number one critique we have of our own people who are in business. It's just like the customer service is lacking. You know, the communicata is not as as great as great or as polished as it could be. Like, how have you grown in that in that area? That's really important to like uh, customer retention or mm-hmm. business retention. I think that I've been really intentional um, this past year. Um, with how we're communicating, one, not to be a nuisance, but just to make sure people understood that we still care throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, y- yep. So like just making sure people know us too on a different level. Um, I, I realized, I felt like we were like these people behind this symbol versus people really knowing who we were. Um, so, you know, we came out some, with some really intentional marketing. So people can know who we are, know our experience, know that we're real people and that you can trust us. Um, and then just to reach out. Secondly, we were our clients. So we wanted to we put ourselves in the shoe of a client to make sure that we can um, provide excellent service. So that's why we have a scheduling link. That's why we um, make sure we take credit cards and we're uh, making sure that they have their documentation in a timely fashion. So like all that back office stuff, making sure that that was in place so that they have a smooth experience. And that's what we've gotten so far this season is that it's been really smooth. And we do return all phone calls, all messages, all inquiries. We do free consultations. We don't charge you to talk on the phone for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. You got a question, we'll answer it. And if the shoe fits, you're gonna schedule an appointment. I hear a lot of people saying, oh, they don't respond. These tax people, they be so busy, they don't respond. Nobody calls me back. I send a message. I don't hear back for days right. on days on days. Like, right. I respond. Right. I, I respond. Like, if I don't get right to you, I will respond at some point in time, for sure. Gotcha. Now, you touched on, like, uh, your marketing approach a little bit. I've noticed that, like, the marketing approach this, this season has ramped up a little bit from you, too. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, <clears throat> I uh, we had this wonderful logo for so long and we kind of we wanted to not necessarily rebrand, but just like you said, turning up a, a little bit, but not too much. <clears throat> I think, um, you know, we had some photos and I was like, you know what? Everybody want to see photos. They want to see new stuff. They want to see new content. They want to see what mm-hmm. you look like. So I was like, you know what? We're going to do a photo shoot this year and we're going to. Yeah. We're gonna, and we're gonna change our marketing up a little bit, do mm-hmm. some more flyers. Do obviously we're on this podcast and just just change our image a little bit around who we really are, what we do in our community, and we really needed like a new photo shoot to really establish that. Because I'm looking at this shirt. We started in 2014-15. We were using some photos from 2015. I was like, and then in this 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 COVID social media space everybody's on social media like even if you at work you on social media bro like i don't care who it is i don't care who who it is you on social media like it on your lunch time you're on social media like if somebody sends you a message you're gonna check your feed for a minute so i wanted to get us out there and have different type of uh different type of marketing as far as the pictures a casual side and a business side so people can see who we really were and kind of change up the marketing a little bit. That's what I was yeah. aiming for. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely. 
it was definitely his driving force with it um because i've been so preoccupied the past couple years with school um and doing yeah. certain things and he really took you had that doctor thing you had to do yeah you know like you know but you know, i appreciate him for giving me that space to grow in a different way um and he really took tax solutions and grew it um so i you know totally cool like new marketing i got kind of excited after a while um but then too we were in a meeting with a consultant who told us that our logo didn't match the industry that we were in Okay, well, let me try to take some instruction, you know, because foods that's don't take tough, That's a tough pill to swallow when it's your baby, though. That's it was. It, yeah. was. it was. And it pissed me off. Somebody, said, <laughs> somebody <laughs> said something about one of our old photos that I was looking the wrong direction or it just didn't look right. I was like, mm, I kind of brushed it off. That was a few years ago. Yeah. I was like, well, okay, since you said that, all right, we'll change up the photos on for sure. And yeah. then I was like the opposite. I said, and through you, I like our, our, our logo and, and I purposely, we don't want to look too corporate um, in our design because somebody was like, well, it, it doesn't read financial. It doesn't read um, kind of like that upper, they were trying to say upper echelon of finances. And I was just like, well, we are we are upper echelon, but why should I have to go and look like everybody else to do it? Um, mm. And this logo means a lot to us. So my cousin um, actually put together our concepts. Uh, my cousin, Tia Thomas, she's a dope um, graphic designer. And she put this concept together. Um, so our logo means something to us and we have to do a better job of communicating what it means to us and it'll mean something to you too. And you know what? Yeah, not to be discriminated or anything, but generally speaking, people gravitate towards things that are in a really attractive package. And you're a handsome couple, so why not leverage that? Right. You know, like people just naturally gravitate toward good-looking people <laughs> in marketing. It's just right. it's a reality. So you know, most significant lesson or lessons learned in business. For me, that's easy. Stay patient, stay focused, and pay attention to the details for sure. Mm -hmm. Short, sweet, and to the point. <laughs> now, what's kept you in business for all this time? Because you know, I'm pretty sure there's a there's plenty of people in your lane that they just kind of they fly by night, they come and go. <laughs> yeah. What's kept for you sure. in life? I think people like you, Ian. Honestly, man. A lot of people, you know, like you said, have closed. We saw a lot of people that closed around 14, 15, even COVID with the, with the brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. Customer retention, man, like mm -hmm. it's been our key. Like keeping those clients happy that you do have, it costs less money to keep clients that you already have. Like I figured that out a long time ago when I was cutting grass with my dad. So we wanted to make sure we focus in on the clients that we do have, be responsive, be respectful ask them something, follow up with them, send them a text, happy birthday, post on their wall, send them an email, um, offer giveaways and stuff like that. Just making sure we keep our clients happy, whatever it is. They're not happy about something. Okay, let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. What, is this, what does this sound like? I think 
keeping our clients happy has been probably the thing that's kept us in business this long. Mm -hmm. Honest, like this is the most like no sugarcoat, nothing like keeping you around for three years to five years is going to do us better than finding a new person because we got to put out more marketing. It's going to take more time to get to know you. We want to try to keep the clients that we do have. So I think that's definitely been kept keeping us in business for sure. Yeah. I think it might have been a little bit, definitely that for sure. But I think I'm like maybe around like 17 or 18. I think I had a transition on what I was doing and how I was looking at life and employers and different things. I did get laid off from a couple of jobs. I got fired from one. So I kind of like, like, like turned it up another low, like around that 17, 18 area. Um, we had, we had got married, had a wedding 17, 18. I kind of like turned it up a whole nother lot, uh, level, like that 17, 18 year. And you also became a dad. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so, so for Fran, it was kind of like, you know, the fact that the business was bearing fruit and, you know, in your personal lives for you really, it was more out of necessity. Yeah. And I understand that feeling very well, as, as you know, I'm a father too. And like, as soon as you get that, you have that conversation where the wife springs it on you and surprises like, guess what? You're going to be a father. Like I can speak for myself. Man. You, you tell me how you felt like I was activated that day. Like I was like on the journey to becoming my most effective self. When I learned that I was going to be a father, I was activated. I agree. I agree with you. I was like, well, how do we do this? Do that. We got to start planning the baby shower. I'm doing a diaper party. I'm, we we got to figure this out. We, I mean, we was living in an apartment. I was like, we, we got we to gotta get out of this apartment. We need more space. Mm -hmm. We only had a two-bedroom apartment. We we got to get a house now. We got to make some moves. Like, come on now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Activated is such a good word, Ian, because I, I saw the activation happen in him. I wasn't activated. Not, I mean, this is interesting to like point this out. I wasn't activated at that point. Um, because we do a lot, like we do all kinds of stuff. Um, but you know, your, yours was out of necessity. Like you were like, I have to drive this family. And I was just kind of like, we'll see. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as two successful entrepreneurs, what would you say are the top three things needed to be successful in entrepreneurship? Mm. I think the first thing is being able to be a chameleon with different clients because in this business, just speaking from this business and from real estate, you got so many different people from different parts of life. We have millennials, uh, baby boomers, Gen Xs. A lot of people prefer different types of communication, emails, mail. So I think being able to meet your clients where they are and be a chameleon, I say, is probably the my top thing for sure. I would say passion. And understanding where your passion comes from for your for your business, because you're going to need that passion in the deep 11th hour of the night when the stuff is not working out, when business is not good, when the competitors are coming at you crazy or what have you. You're going to need that same passion and drive to understand why um, you decided to embark on this particular venture. Um, and I would say integrity. Um, there's a lot of people operating as entrepreneurs that don't have integrity, that's not long lasting. Your business won't last that way. Um, yeah. You have temporary riches, but that's a fool. You want to operate with integrity, um, like the book of Proverbs is. <laughs> yeah, and I would add to that, just uh, 
stay competitive, you know, keep learning, keep growing, you know, keep, keep your foot on your necks out there because competition is excellent for business, you know, especially in capitalism, but, uh, you know, some people, I don't want to say that some people do, but like, it, it's important to stay competitive and make sure that, uh, you're always keep yourself viable and within whatever industry you're doing. Last question. What's next for you guys? What's next for tax solutions? Like what's the maturation of this? Oh, we, we, this is, this has been discussed recently. I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a vision, um, for, um, training other professionals, um, opening up our business to have more in the family, um, more new tax professionals and us training them um, and teaching them the business so that they could build their business under um, our company's motto. I, I, I've shared with Rudy a number of times about um, what we're going to be doing in the off season with software and apps coming soon. Um, so just understanding like our specific purpose um in this market and what we can provide nationwide. I think she hit the nail right on the head since, I mean, COVID kind of forced a lot of hands with the technology thing. I think developing more technology, we almost have to be very stupid not to take a serious look at. Uh, we do we do need an app. We have a website. We're on social media. Um, we have a link to um, download your documents on a portal. Um, you know, we don't have to meet in person. So I think we'd be silly not to look at that technology piece for sure. In some way, form or fashion will be the next, uh, next level for sure. I like that. That's, um, that's also important um, to succeed in business. Like there's so much power in delegation of to-dos and tasks, you know. Yeah. So eventually, like, uh, if you find yourself too mired by the day-to-day, -day, like, you, you can't grow. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Are we too much far in the weeds to do certain things like the the company itself will stay stagnant? And I mean, we're almost to a place where we've, we've reached a roof about our capacity and what we can do with two bodies. And so how do we bring people in but keep the integrity of our brand? Well, you teach them. You teach them your brand integrity. You teach them the expertise. You look for those folks and help them grow their business and grow themselves while helping the company grow as well. Mm -hmm. Let's see, I'm starting to hear franchise bells in the air, maybe <laughs> the next five years. Okay. I like that. I like that. I like that attitude. Okay. Well, that's, this is great. Thank you so much for your time. Um, you know, I recognize it's very precious and uh, I appreciate your thoughts. And um, make sure you follow these guys on social media. Check them out. I'll have all of the uh, links to their website and their social medias in the description of this video. So be sure to check them out. If you need your taxes done this year, get up Tax Solutions. And as always, my good people, a lack of discipline may cost you your kingdom. No sympathy for kings. I'll see you next time.